Welcome to Delegate. I'm Cameron O'Donnell, a DAO governance strategist. And I'm Lawrence Smith, a DeFi and DAO token builder. Powered by Boardroom. Shout out to our sponsor, Boardroom, for providing us with support, data, and governance intelligence, helping us to complete this episode. All of today's information was curated from Boardroom's media content. Boardroom posts weekly updates across major DAO forums, including Uniswap, Optimism, ENS, OX, Gitcoin, Compound, Aave, and more. Also, check out the Boardroom newsletter, where you can catch the latest and greatest in governance news, all sent to your email inbox every week. Let's jump into it. Hey, Cam, how's it going? Lawrence, good, good. Very busy weeks here in the DAO space, but excited to kick off a little news update with some newly curated boardroom information. As am I. Let's get stuck in. I know we've got five protocol updates going on today, and, and we're going pretty deep into each of those different protocols. So on our agenda is Uniswap, Aave, Maker, Optimism, and Compound. Cam, do you want to kick us off with your take on what's going on at Uniswap? I mean, first and foremost, last week, the Uniswap Foundation ran an IRL event to celebrate the success of the delegate race. So we actually had delegates fly into New York from all across the country, and we were able to meet up for the first time in person. It was just a wonderful event to meet a lot of those delegates, to talk governance, to talk about the latest and greatest. So shout out to the Uniswap Foundation for absolutely smashing that event. In terms of stuff going on in the actual community, obviously we still have our RFC for the Arbitrum grants that are ongoing. And so we're probably looking at a snapshot for these maybe over the next week or so, but just a wonderful turnout in terms of these proposals. So I know we covered that a little bit on our last catch up, but just be on the lookout for some of those upcoming votes and ongoing discussions. So we have some really lively discussions across the forum. In terms of actual proposals, the Filecoin virtual machine deployment temperature check went up, hosted by Michigan Blockchain. Our friends over at Michigan Blockchain, just absolute rock stars in the space. The temperature check passed with no problem. And so just some really, really awesome key benefits for a Filecoin virtual machine deployment. As we all know, Filecoin is one of the largest storage providers in the space built on top of IPFS out of our friends from the Protocol Labs team. Super excited to see the developments around Filecoin FVM and how successful this deployment will be. Some of the really cool things that the FVM enable are data economies, right? Entire DAOs that govern data economies. The use of Uniswap is looking to be bootstrapped leveraging a Filecoin to stablecoin pool. And so we'll definitely keep our eye on that, especially for the on-chain vote. I could only assume a lot of development work is currently ongoing in the background. Tons of forum highlights across the board. The Uniswap Foundation also recently released their work on use case for cross-chain governance. And so the Uniswap Foundation brought together six to eight 
industry experts on cross-chain governance that actually analyzed a lot of name brand bridges. Now, the framework that they used to analyze this was custom for Uniswap and primarily for arbitrary message passing that's used in governance. The results there are linked below in the show notes. Definitely just an outstanding report, you know, 40 plus pages on the technical aspects of bridging and governance. Awesome. Over to me on the Aave front. So Aave is very exciting at the moment. There are two main threads I think we're going to touch upon here. So firstly, we're going to do a light touch on Aave v3, and then we're going to go into the long-awaited and incredibly exciting new stablecoin coming out of Aave, the Ghost, GHO, Go. So on v3, so, so for Aave v3, we're currently in the process of looking at which new assets are going to be added. And so that's going through a discussion as well as a voting period to define the new assets on different chains coming onto Aave v3. And this is happening in conjunction as well with the depreciation of the v2 AMM market and discussion of kind of what next steps there are in v2 and v3 migration. And so this is being run by Chaos Labs and is definitely an interesting area to touch upon. But I think particularly from my point of view, the, the real big news is around the GHO mainnet launch. And so for those that need a reminder, we have we have chatted about this a bit before on the podcast, but maybe you haven't heard the episode, or maybe you just need a reminder anyway. In which case, GHO is a native stablecoin on Aave. It's fully decentralized, collateralized, and pegged one-to-one with the US dollar. It's got some algorithmic elements as well as users are going to mint the GHO tokens against supplied collateral. The way that it works is very similar to traditional borrowing on Aave, and Go is going to effectively use the same mechanisms as, as pretty much any other asset on the protocol. So an end user deposits collateral onto Aave. The protocol then mints a corresponding amount of GHO and sends it to the borrower. The collateral then main, remains locked on Aave and accrues interest as it would with any other loan, until the borrower repays their position, which includes the principal amount of GHO stablecoin that they borrowed in the first place, but also any of the those interest fees that have been accrued. All of the interest fees that are accumulated during that loan period are also sent to the Aave DAO Treasury. Facilitators are a key sort of player in this, and so these are effectively approved parties like Compound or, or Coinbase, and they're going to be able to mint the GHO on behalf of Aave. They'll, they'll have a limit on the amount that they can mint, but they're going to play a really crucial role in sort of monitoring the, the GHO stablecoin market. And I think another really cool feature that I'm really excited about on the GHO front is that it incentivizes users to acquire staked ETH. So that's the effectively staking Aave in order to power the security module. And... If they acquire Stake Eve, they're able to leverage that to get discounts on any borrowing that they do on Aave. And otherwise, just on the GHO front, we have a couple of related proposals. There's a proposal from Token Logic around the initial liquidity pools that can be set up supporting the GHO launch. Separately, they are looking to integrate MakerDAO's DAI savings rate into the Aave v3 Ethereum pool. And so they're going to do this by integrating SDI, that accrues the, the DSR yield, into the Aave protocol. And then when a user deposits a DAI, the protocol will wrap their DAI into the form of SDI and issue a DAI to, to the use. One more really interesting thing I thought that came out of the Aave community 
was Gottlieb's proposal to freeze the curve pool and set curve LTV to zero. So for those of us who have been on crypto Twitter recently, we may have come across a wallet that borrowed roughly $60 million of USDT against almost $200 million of Curve. This was actually a founding member of the Curve team. So Gottlieb came in, identified this risk, and proposed changing the parameters, again, freezing Curve and setting the Curve LTV to zero, right? Trying to squeeze out that centralized risk. This was unanimously voted down by the Ave voters. So 423,000 Ave voting against this proposal. Our friends over at GFX Labs, Getty, tweeted, Ave Proposal 246, proposed by Gauntlet, was unanimously voted down. I don't follow Ave governance closely, but this strikes me as a bizarre outcome, and even more so when you consider that the Dow pays Gauntlet to make recommendations. All right, so in terms of Maker, you know, obviously so much going on there always, but we really just want to highlight the DSR increase that went live since our last episode. So the die savings rate or DSR increased from 1% to a whopping 3.49%. For those of us who are not familiar, the DSR is the interest rate earned by individuals who lock up their die. And die obviously one of our favorite stable coins not only on this show but to leverage within the marketplace. Now, we all may be asking ourselves why do we care so much about this or why is it significant? And so this move is really expected to attract a substantial capital inflow towards the DSR. And this will also drive up supply rates across the entire DeFi ecosystem. This really is a major step that will make DAI a more attractive option for investors, as noted by significant members in the maker community. But but really, you know, if we really dive into it, right, it's not just about the DSR increase. This decision really signals that broader shift in the Dow's strategy, right? Moving towards that real world asset yield and away from those levered long traders. Okay, so, you know, we've all seen the tweets. We've all seen the the annualized revenue assumptions that MakerDAO is pulling in right now from its RWA strategy. So super excited to see where this goes. Now, here's something that's really interesting, right? And and this is kind of an offshoot, but from this proposal, we saw something really cool come from the Gnosis chain. A proposal was put up regarding depositing DAI that currently sits in the XDAI bridge, roughly $25.5 million, according to our friends over at L2Beats, putting that die into the DSR, right? Earning that yield. You know, so there's a lively discussion going on over in the Gnosis community. It's really, really important that they dive into potential risks and implications, right? Depositing that die would require the use of maker contracts and especially how that impacts bridging. And I'm sure the Gnosis community will do just that. CEO and co-founder of Gnosis expressed a fair amount of support for the proposal. You know, he pointed out plans to bridge DAI from lending markets on the Gnosis chain to ensure that DAI can be borrowed at a low rate. You know, it would be important not to earn using the DSR unless it's actually in circulation. The DAI that's already bridged 
has a core functionality that creates XDAI. In theory, a wrapped dye version could be created for those direct maker infusions that do not go into the DSR, right? So some, some ample risk management across the board here, but I expect we'll see a lot more proposals and discussions similar to this on how we can leverage the DSR. Yeah, interesting stuff. Really excited about the DSR changes that have been going on, and I think are going to be so impactful for the industry, particularly with relation to sort of borrowing markets. So great deep dive there, Cam. Cool. Moving on to our next update is around optimism. And so if you've not listened to our previous podcast on optimism, go check it out. We effectively interview with three of the people closest or at the heart of the season four changes, and they give you a really good overview. So I won't give you too much of a recap on that front. But on the OP front, there are a few things happening. So first, the Grants Council. The Grants Council, which effectively provides small to medium-sized grants to two different categories. These are, so builders grants, so those building an ecosystem and growth experiment grants, so those looking to attract more users to the OP optimism ecosystem are about to close. So they close today, actually. So if you want to go put forward any proposals for any small to medium-sized grant, you better get on it ASAP. And as we mentioned there, they are for the building and growth of the optimism ecosystem. Secondly, the missions proposals came to an end yesterday on June the 21st. For those needing a reminder on what missions are, they are introduced within Optimism Season 4. So Season 4 introduced intents, which are the overarching directional goals, missions, which are the proposals for specific initiatives that help achieve that intent or a specific intent. And alliances are just groups of contributors that work together on these missions. And so the proposals for these missions has come to an end yesterday, and you can apply for foundation missions to work on them until June the 28th. So get out there and apply if you're looking for some work in the OP space. And the voting period for mission proposals begins on June the 29th. So to proceed to the voting stage, each mission proposal needs at least four endorsements from delegates with enough voting power, so at least 0.25% of the votable supply. We're expecting quite a lot of delegate activity in this space in the coming weeks. And lastly, from the optimism side of things, if you're wanting to learn more about optimism, how it all works, particularly with relation to their governance, they've just introduced a new how-to category in the forum. And so this stems from... So this provides resources on a ton of subjects like how to stay up to date, how to be, how to delegate your OP tokens, or how to contribute to OP rewards analytics, and even how to get a grant. If you are a crypto project founder or just someone working at a, a crypto project in the space, then you're building on optimism. Definitely check that out. And that applies even just to general OP token holders as well. Really great new resource and great to see we're getting more education in the space. Cam, kicking it over to you to finish it off. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, look, op- Optimism is definitely one of our favorite protocols. Just all of the different tests, the unique functionality within their governance process, and the passion over that community. Never a dull moment, that's that's for sure. Really quick, I want to do a quick shout out here to ENS Small Grants. ENS Small Grants voting ends in nine hours. 
ENS small grants help to fund public goods or ecosystem goods across the industry. This ecosystem round consists of 7.7 ETH disbursements, and we've seen 34 proposals. So go check those out. They will be linked in the show notes. From a compound side, also gathered from the boardroom weekly updates, just always a ton going on over at Compound. Super exciting stuff. But Gotlet, shout out to Gotlet, shared analysis and parameter recommendations for STMatic and Matic X, which paves the way to add these two Matic liquid staking tokens as collateral. They also circulated a potential proposal for phase four of Compound V3 migration. And the compound developer community call took place on Wednesday, June 14th. We'll highlight some key takeaways from there. So again, right, just a lot of really, really awesome proposals coming out of compound from Matic liquid staking tokens to compound labs sharing information on the prize for the ETH global Waterloo hackathon. One core thing that I definitely want to shout out here regarding compound is a proposal from Compound Labs to deploy Compound 3 on base. This comes from Kevin out of Compound Labs, where he highlights a lot of the benefits regarding the base chain. Compound's obviously a foundational piece of DeFi infrastructure that is leveraged across multiple chains. And so seeing Compound on base, definitely beneficial for the protocol. On the developer community call, updates were shared from various participants, Gotlit, OZ, or Open Zeppelin, Chainlink, Rocketpool, Stator, Fuji, Boardroom, and Compound Labs. You can check out the links in the show notes for the Boardroom weekly updates. Keeping up with the latest and greatest on these platforms with all their governance activity, super important. You can catch these episodes every two weeks where we'll highlight some of the main things that have occurred. Thank you to Boardroom for sponsoring this episode.